Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. Power, power, speak a little louder. Power. If there was a pill, I'm that money. I'm coming to power. That could give you five minutes. Spit it so they get it. I'm embedded with the power. A pure power. I'm embedded with the power. Would you take it?
A great big hello to all you quarantines out there. This is my team right now. I guess. No, oh I mean, we have our own individual teams. I just am shocked that we've now created lingo to make our current state of the universe uh, hip. I had not heard. I was trying to make Corin pals work, and it is not <laughs> catching on. I'll be your Corin pal, Tommy. Hooray! Thank you all for joining us on the film board from the next reel on True Story FM. We spoil movies, and it's August already, and this month we've got another new release to streaming that we're going to jump on and dissect for you. It's called Project Power, and if you're a Netflix subscriber, you can go watch this movie right now because it was clickable as of Friday August 14th. The movie stars Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and is a story about pills being circulated in New Orleans and other cities, giving people short periods of great powers. One might even call them superpowers, right? Right. At the next reel, when the movie ends, our conversation begins. And you can join our conversation by connecting with us on Discord, our fun and fabulous server. There is a platform for discussions with details about all of our shows and other entertaining tidbits and morsels about the entertainment industry as a whole. You can connect with film fans from all around the world. We're always working to grow our wide omni-channel interactive experience with you. So check out all the details at thenextreel.com. Mm. Speaking of growing, we'd like to welcome a new voice to the film board tonight. I'd like to introduce <gasps> you all to the wonderful Mandy Kaplan. Hi, Mandy. Hi, guys. <laughs> Hooray! We're so happy to hear you. have you here to hear you with us. Uh, folks on the download may have already heard you on a couple different Satmat shows, but this is your first film board, right? It is indeed, yes. So special. We used to, now I've actually thrown out this language, but we used to call ourselves a gang of thugs that would gather to then spoil mm. these movies. I've thrown out that language because, you know, I, I feel like it's problematic in this day and age. Thugs are now yes. turned into a whole thing. But yes. um, so I am really sort of leaning into the family concept. So I feel like our family is growing by having you here and I'm super happy about it. That's not culty at all, JJ. Not culty <laughs> well, at all. You, now you've made me just feel weird about it, but I'm gonna just that's stick my job. With it. I'm <laughs> I'm searching for community, and I'll do it in the way I like. Bless your heart. <laughs> okay, okay. So the way I'd like to start, I'm gonna ask everyone this. So, but uh, conceptually, this came up in the Twilight series as well, uh, and we'll talk about that some too. But Mandy, if you took this Project Power pill, what would be your superpower? Oh boy. Mm. I mean, in a sincere way, it would be sure. to cure COVID, <laughs> right? Amazing. But you only have five minutes. Right. Oh, that's true. <laughs> five minutes to locate Zac Efron. That's Is that a sure. fair? <laughs> 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 and remove his clothes. What? Am I allowed to? It's so to sad. You, yeah. you yeah. can locate him, but it doesn't take you there. You're just like... <laughs> He's in Venice. Look, I'm it. a happily married lady. I, I'm not going to touch him. And nothing's going to happen. I just want to locate him and remove his clothes with it's my powers. The, it's the find my Zach feature on, uh, on yeah. our Mandy here. Okay. And how about your power? <laughs> Tommy Handsome, what would your uh, special uh, project power be? My, um, sincerely, mine would be my pinky finger would double as a tire gate. Oh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that that would be, that's what's missing. And I'd be able to be, so I'd like take the pill and be like, oh, my tires are still doing fine. <laughs> so you, and then I'd probably, yeah. And then I'd like sneeze a fire. You have the pills in your, in your, in your glove compartment just for that moment when you're like, ah, just I got to refill. Moment, looking a little low. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This podcast okay. brought to you by Michelin. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Come talk to us, Michelin. Anytime. Okay. And Ray Delancey. Welcome, Ray. We want to hear about your power too. What is it? 
Hi there. My superpower is actually being the most losery schlub in any room I occupy. But for five minutes. But just for five minutes. And after that, he's a dancing machine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Y'all know me as JJ, and I've always thought of my superpower as like reliability or willpower, but there's literally nothing visual or story worthy about that being amplified through a drug. So for our purposes here, let's just say the pills would make my voice intensely loud and super annoying. And that's me beating bad guys with the power. (laughs) of frustration since 1976. So now that we've tickled our creativity with the mythology that this film purports, let me hear your initial thoughts about Project Power. What'd you think, Ray? Well, (laughs) I thought this was kind of a who's who of superhero movie tropes. Tropes. Yeah, I get that. Yep. Okay. Like, Is that the drinking game when somebody says trope? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that because friend of the show, Nick Langdon, has this one letterbox list called mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock Trope Bingo. And Love I kept it. thinking about that and how you mm. could totally play a game of bingo to all the superhero tropes that are in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but now, so did you like that or did you not like that? I mean, I got the impression that that was kind of pur- purposeful, at least to an extent. And it does manage to do one or two newish things. And overall, I think that it's a pretty fun film for the genre. And I generally enjoyed it. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, that's a, a fairly okay and middling review. I'm excited to hear more about what you think about all those things. Tommy, how was your Project Power experience? We all know how I feel about superpowers. Love them. Can't get enough of them. Huge Marvel DC fan. Uh, so I went into this movie with very, very low expectations. And I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I didn't see this coming. <laughs> for a superpower movie, it felt so much more grounded than usual for me. And I thought it had style to burn. and the performances in it were so charismatic. The three leads were so watchable, so charismatic. It looked really good. This is this is going to be a divisive review, but this is one of the few uh, superpower movies that I look forward to watching again. Really weird, right? I, uh, uh, yeah. Okay. I I I I, I, I hear your words. I don't believe yep. them. I think that you're. Oh, you think I'm playing with some weird long? No, con? I just think I. I do, that's really some. Am I dating Joseph Gordon-Levitt? <laughs> yes. 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 Did you watch Power Rangers? That's no, and that's a surprisingly <laughs> good movie. Have you ever actually seen it? Oh, I own no. it because this is the thing. Go and oh, I've now figured out what I'm going to put for my the next real Instagram. Everybody should check it out. Uh, movie oh, because Mighty Morphin. I'm telling you, the Power Rangers movie is actually really, really solid. Okay, uh, but. Well, have you seen Project Power? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we're going to talk much more about that. But anyway, uh, next, initial thoughts. Mandy, what did, you, what did you think about Project Power? Look, this is my first film board. I know. I don't want to come across as a negative Nelly. Please come across as a negative Nelly. But this was a steaming pile of trash. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real guns akimbo. Yes. <laughs> I mean, okay. So it starts off with bad acting galore with the guy from love actually and machine gun kelly and then the race pulls up i'm like is this charlie sheen from 1988 do we all know that reference <laughs> i the don't race. but yeah tommy left he's over it <laughs> you don't know that reference Always it was like you. a terrible terrible 80s teen movie that's what it felt like to me like a late night cinemax like bad violent <laughs> for no reason yeah. dark for no reason mm-hmm. oh i i thought it was garbage great 
<laughs> well, that's good because we can get some balance good. here. And normally we'd expect that from Tom in related to a superhero right. story. So we need some of that spice I'm bringing it all. to what we're talking about. So don't. What if Mandy's superpower is to switch minds with me? <laughs> <laughs> for, for, but it's for one hour and 51 minutes. Right. Well, all I'm saying is don't hold back because we want to hear all that. For me. Oh, fair enough. I, I watched this and it. I feel really sort of stuck in this stupid straight to streaming video theater at home piece right now. I, my expectations are in a really weird place. I, I didn't like this movie. I didn't think it was good. There were like three scenes that I thought were fun. And, and, and I actually want to talk about that because I think there's some innovation and some interesting story points in these scenes. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, the story just went in a, direct straight line there was no there was no deviation from what was going to happen in this story for me and it really didn't have any depth i didn't mind the acting per se for especially from our main characters i i like those actors i thought it was fine but i felt like really it was a whole bunch of those hero tropes that we talked about that ray talked about and really like using a sledgehammer to th- to like throw them at you and i think um i wasn't happy with the effects it did look pretty i mean the colors were solid um and there was a lot of motion control video <laughs> which uh, i want to talk about yeah. too because you know that's kind of one of the things that i really really like but anyway so it, we have some differing opinions so i actually think there's going to be a really fun show to talk about with this stuff but so first before we get into it i'm going to give a quick synopsis of what i think happened in the movie and then i want you guys to correct me if I'm uh, being too sweet to the movie or being too terrible, if I'm being too much of a negative, no, mm. if I'm taking Mandy's place here. So, um, Mandy will be on one side, I'll be on the other. Okay. So, the first thing is it's New Orleans. It is? It's New Orleans. A local. Did they it's mention my city. They did. NOPD. A local assembly of drug dealers are given a new pill to push called power. And it gives people five minutes, like five minutes exactly, of customized mystery power that. One cannot know without taking the pill. Some powers are good. Some are insane. Some result in massive violence and destruction. So a crime spree ensues as the South American heads of this evil enterprise are using the city as a field test for greater distribution. A rogue cop has been using the super pills to fight the super crime and a vigilante has arrived in town trying to track down the source of the supply. The vigilante kidnaps a young dealer but then endears himself to her by explaining his story that his daughter has been kidnapped by the nefarious organization because she exhibits signs of permanent power after being born to him, who is a former army ranger that was used in their lab experiments. This happens to be the dealer that was supplying the cops, so the three of them team up to rescue the vigilante's daughter from a massive boat lab slash prison. Sounds like a key and peel pitch. It, like, right? I mean, it is just the I, fact that you said a rogue cop. Well, like, he I, is. Oh. Yes. And, uh, you know, there were, there was like eight different chances for me to have a run on sentence in that synopsis. So I think that's either the sign of a, 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 an overloaded movie or a movie that I just don't know how to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway so the first thing i want to talk about is this sort of twilight thing right so I, I brought this up in the show intro so one of the things that i liked about the twilight series and i don't know if you guys have all seen the twilight series or read the books i definitely have the thing that i like about movies like that and what this movie P- project power could actually do is really it within the mythology of what they're trying to tell in the story leap here and in twilight once someone becomes a vampire something about their personality is amplified in some way that gives them this vampire power so here you get this 
you twist the pill and you take the pill and then you get a power, but nobody knows. Did you guys feel like it was the power lottery or is it an amplification of self or was it? And then they tried to make some animal connection because they started talking about the, the bullet shrimp, like what pistol shrimp, <laughs> pistol shrimp. Thank you. What I got, I got lost in it. So what, what was the power? What's the power mythology for you guys in this movie? Well, I think they made it pretty clear that it, is within the person. I mean, that is, they hit, hit on that a lot with Robin in particular, even though she never takes a pill, they keep talking about, you know, by the end of the movie, they get to the point where she says, my word is my power. I like it. You know? So I, and you know, everybody else is different. And every time they take the pill, it's always the same power. So like Joseph Gordon Levitt, he took the pill a couple of times. If he'd have taken it, uh, and the second time and gotten a totally different power, then yeah, that would have been more akin to the lottery thing. Yeah. So, said, so but. then what's the animal thing? It seems like just some sort of connection between the animal DNA and your DNA. It is not explained, but the animal thing for me was enough to make it interesting. So you preferred the animal thing to the, you know, like the thermal dysregulation thing where a machine gun Kelly takes it and turns into a, bi- a burning piece of trash. <laughs> but that was, but we just, we figured out which animal that was. They mentioned which animal has uh, heat regulation or temperature regulation. It's really, it is confusing. Okay. Yes. But they really, it really does all come down. I don't think that they switched halfway. I think that they just really finally picked and really over explained it at one point during the uh, lab scene that we'll talk about. Not lab scene. Yeah. yeah lab scene. I don't know that they switched halfway either. I just think it felt like a half baked idea. Because, I mean, the other thing is like, yes, they explain the animal DNA, but he literally catches on fire. <laughs> what animal catches on fire? No, but I think, <laughs> it's a, I think it's a good thing they didn't go more in depth on the animal thing. Oh, yeah, that's thing. a good point. Okay. Because if, if they had, then the guy, Jamie Foxx, saying that he had the powers of a pistol shrimp <laughs> should have... <laughs> it was a pistol shrimp. That was his power. The pistol it should have been, should have been Bubba... From Forrest Gump instead of Jamie Foxx. <laughs> there you go. I'm I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I just think it's so kicking that the you know the final, the big the the huge power scene is all this story about a pistol shrimp. Okay, true talk. The pistol shrimps are badass. Has anybody uh, before they, they, watching this movie even heard of a pistol shrimp? Because I had to look it up. Yeah, I there's a roller derby team. <laughs> there's a there's a roller derby team out here starring a lot of uh or staffed by a lot of comedians out here called the Pistol Shrimps. Really? And it's because the Irish they are, it's a female roller derby team, and it's because they are small but mighty. Exactly oh right. Oh my gosh, that's interesting. interesting. So maybe maybe yeah. it's an LA thing then. <laughs> because I didn't know anything about it. And that's my point, Ray. Because I've never heard of the pistol shrimp. So the fact that you bring it up, it's like, yeah, my superpower is the maggots. You have no idea how intense <laughs> maggots are. Like, I'm like, what? Why? Okay. Anyway, um, I got lost in it. It, it. It's fine. I like what they did in Twilight with it. That's why I bring it up. The sort of custom power that comes up that you don't know when it happens. But I also think it's interesting that in the big breakdown scene in the, in, in the bar underneath the the check cashing place where one person takes a pill and they literally just explode. <laughs> right. And, and that was one of the henchmen. So seemingly like that person should know that taking a pill does something to them. And they, they foreshadowed that like in the very beginning, some yeah. people take it and explode. Right. I'm like, well, that's going to happen. 
But this was one of the henchmen of the people that were selling the drugs. Yeah. But you have no idea, but you don't know what it is until you take it. So, but that was the time he chose to try it. Like he didn't. Because he, because it was a big fight time. But he was one of the henchmen. Like, why would you keep the guy? Anyway. uh, Yeah. You would think that the people they have fighting (laughs) for them would be the people they know. Regardless. Um, Did you guys know that they shot this and it was set in New Orleans? What? (laughs) They really I wanted us to that, know that. Though. What did you like about that? I like filming in a place that needs help. I bet that that helped so it's a lot pity? of economy stuff. You like I it like... that they pitied no. it by talking about it so much? They made it seem awful. They constantly like, talked about it. I thought that they made it seem resilient and it seemed like they were doing, they were casting obviously a lot of actual locals like doing a Ben Affleck in Boston. There's a lot of authentic people just getting sort of random yeah. lines. Um, and I like that stuff. I like um, things being... The fact that it was New Orleans, when I said in my early sum-up that I felt it was grounded, this really felt like it existed in a time and place where most superhero movies could be any town USA, where it's always pretty much just New York. Whether you call it Gotham, whether you call it Metropolis, anything. It's just New York. Sure. This really had a different kind of feel. And for me, it gave me not a superpower person, something to hold on to. It really grounded the whole thing. I get for that. Me. I Having, get that. That makes yeah. it, the, the, the criticism I have is that they needed to keep reminding us. Like they have, like there's a Saints game going on during the, the, the New Orleans Saints game going on during it. They actually have the Saints, the like Saints chant like over and over. They reiterate it later on of like who they have a radio thing where they're talking about who the dad, Saints who score. Dad. Yeah. Who dad, who dad. And then, you know, Just Joe is actually wearing a Saints jersey and whether, it's like, Okay, like we get it. Like you yeah, are but, on location. But how many New York movies do you see exactly. where it's just so New York? I think the thing that the thing that seems so glaring, maybe I posit the thing that seems so glaring is the fact that for once it's not New York. Yeah. I that we are so used to these New York things being shoved in our face that we don't even notice them anymore. The fact that it's this other city, that's what makes it seem like, okay, we get it. I would like to agree with you Maybe. on that. I will say that, you know, being from Minnesota and and keeping an eye on all the films that are shot in Minnesota that like, you right. know, they don't necessarily talk about uh, in uh, Grumpy Old Men, how often they're up at the lake and in Minnesota and they're all wearing Vikings <laughs> jerseys and talking about watching the game. Here we are at Paisley right, Park exactly. again. So, but that, uh, I, 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 I understand enough. your point, but I, I thought it was too much, is what I would say. That collides with pride, New, New Orleans pride, and New Orleans has been beat up yeah. so much yeah. and stuff that they, I do, I do agree that they did overdo it. I just wonder to right. the extent. Right. Uh, we were talking with Pete before we came into the the show here in the in the lobby in the green room, and he was referring to an earlier film board movie from this year uh, that was also a release to streaming, which was a Guns Akimbo, which we saw in April. That was our film board Oof. episode there. Um, Oof. So, yeah, this actually felt a lot like Guns Kimbo to me. Really? Yes. See, that's the thing that I can't... Interesting. Because I was... Why I said... Why I called Mandy Guns Akimbo when she did her sum up is... I did this whole thing about how movies are hard and all this stuff. And then I said, this movie is garbage. <laughs> I said, it's a flaming trash movie. Exactly what Mandy said. So, I just don't see... That well, I think it's better than Guns Akimbo. Don't get me wrong, but it felt like the same sort of thing. It felt like a straightforward conceit that they introduce at the beginning of the movie and then they just play it out. What we really said in that Guns Akimbo show was that it was a, it was a concept. It was a sketch. It was, it a, was short. a skit. It was a and sketch. then they yeah. elongated right. it into a movie. And this movie was one hour and fifty three minutes long, and it's just like. At some point, other than the fact that I didn't understand whether it was your genes or your your spirit animal that gave you your power, uh, 
at some point we get it right like do the movie already that's was my point about this i i think it just feels like i i get why i and my question about this being a netflix release is would we see this in the theater i don't know it kind of felt at home on a streaming service to me like i couldn't imagine seeing this particular movie in a theater it just doesn't seem like it would fit yeah i don't know really yeah, it felt like a late so night find, not like a mainstream huh. release. Yeah, and that's and so did anyone? Did any of you guys see Six Underground, the Ryan Reynolds, Michael Bay thing no. that came out? This reminded me a yeah. lot of that, where it was like overly pretty and really filled with action, but it wasn't a whole lot of depth. To that point, I totally see how you draw similarities between this and Guns Akimbo, because Guns Akimbo is totally in your face, and it's real flashy, and it's got a lot to show you, and that's something these two films have in spades. I agree with all those things, yeah. Uh, it's talking about a lot to show you. There was there was a ton of motion control stuff, uh, a ton of, uh, of aerial footage, and, and to me, you know, being an aerial photographer from before, I thought it looked like a lot of drone work. I'm always kind of trying to pick out what's a drone and what's not, but going through the credits it looked like they hired all local aerial film people so they were really flying that stuff um hmm. with us really but it's so smooth. i know well it, it's smooth in some places there were there were there was one bridge scene that they did with an aerial with and you could see the skip in the camera and a lot of the times when they do oh, okay. it that they'll they're trying they, they'll add a digital element to it or a digital edit to it to make it look like it's intended for the for the screen that way, but, but yeah, it it looks like they had like full a full aerial team on this. So I was I was impressed. That means, and that's really expensive, you guys. I mean, like <laughs> they threw a lot of money at this movie. There was it wasn't it wasn't a cheap movie to make. That's the I'm not gonna I'm I feel like I'm talking a little bit too much, but that's the thing is when you compared it to Six Underground, I thought it was shot like smart Michael Bay. Yeah. Michael Bay puts cameras everywhere because he can, and then he cuts between them like an insane person because he can. This movie was ev almost every shot had something sort of, and I get it that it was, there were times when I felt it was a little bit overloaded. Like every background has to have crazy graffiti. Everything is a little bit too pretty and hyper-realized. But I thought that the camera was very um, much a part of the story in a way that I thought really helped propel the feeling. Not the story as much, but the feeling and the style to go. I think that's awesome. I it, I, I definitely didn't have the same feeling <laughs> about it, but that's you know, uh, that's the yeah. that's the thing that I think we're 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 trying to get when we get to these movies is something with some sort of some insight or at least an idea that they're bringing out with it here. Uh, one thing. So, did anyone notice how much they were talking off camera? Eh, there were some, and sometimes you, you mean like ADR stuff. There was tons of ADR. Like the whole like first twenty minutes of the movie is is almost all talking off camera. Well, do we know the timing? Like, was this intended for theatrical release? When did they finish shooting? I don't know the details on it, unfortunately. Did they have to hurry up shooting because a pandemic was a coming? Like, I, I'd be curious. ADR is a real good fix for that. Yeah, well, and and maybe that's that's part of it. I don't know the details. For me, from what I know, it was it, as far as I know, it was always a Netflix release. Um, yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard really? of anything coming out for it with theater wise. It was, I mean, it, to be honest, like what we're doing, we are scraping for content right over the course of the summer because things, nobody knows if things are going to be released in the theaters or not. We, we even here on the film board didn't know that we were going to cover this movie until just a couple of weeks ago. Cause we didn't know what was coming out. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of tough to know what is going to be released to theater and what we're actually going to get a chance to stream before the world comes back together. 
I saw uh, there's a note here in the rundown. Somebody's talking about the reference to Henrietta Lacks. That was me. Yeah, I was really excited that they referenced that. I've loved, I shouldn't say I loved her story. I've been fascinated by her story uh, ever since. Uh, tip to Oprah. Oprah put it, uh, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks by Rebecca Sloot. Sloot? We'll never know. <laughs> uh, some author. Um, what is the and, story? Uh, put it on. Uh, the story is of, it's the same thing that the arch villain talks about, is a woman named Henrietta Lacks went in for a uh, cancer screening or some sort of cancer surgery. And unbeknownst to her and without her permission, the doctor took a lot of her healthy cells, took it out. And on the back of that has been a the the explosion of all and the history of almost all of the medical advances that we've had using cells. And during the book, she the re- writer, Rebecca, what? We'll never know. <laughs> uh, goes and actually sees, contacts her family, and her family has no idea. This woman, unbeknownst to her, her body and cells has changed the entire makeup of medicine for the entire world and was never compensated, got no recognition. I mean, that's why it's called the immortal life of Henrietta Lack. She's still living right. because her cells are being replicated and replicated and replicated and have changed the lives of hundreds and millions and millions and it's of a people. true story so i, I, I thought that I, was I cool even, i didn't even draw attention to yeah. it because i because it was such a great sort of legend to what they were doing but i didn't know that it was it was real it's a really great book i bet mandy you probably read it i did not all right glad i called you out then <laughs> but i'm very familiar thanks i don't know how to read <laughs> <laughs> why would i do that i know she doesn't know that's, how to read. That, that's <laughs> difficult oh and one other thing about the camera the, this was shot with a digital camera right like it's pretty clear looks like it that what we're looking at is digital I think that's the other thing that makes me feel like it's like TV-ish and not, and not big screen. The problem with, with us doing these streaming movies over the summer here is that I don't know if my opinion about this is just because this is how I'm seeing it. Right. Like I, it, it's really tough to put right. myself in what the vibe would be outside of this um, other than what is right in front of my face. The digital does make sense, though, because the huge majority of this movie takes place at night. Yeah, yeah. And digital is so much more versatile gotcha. than film for, for that. For lighting and whatnot, yeah. Yeah. Okay, the direction. The directors on this were Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman. Um, Catfish. Catfish. Yeah, and, and the things that I keep seeing about the two of them is that they work with Machine Gun Kelly a lot. <laughs> Why wouldn't well, you? Well, I just, and, and I think <laughs> it's a fine actor. Well, he's in this movie for uh, like three minutes total. How much? I mean. Who is he? New. Is he Newt? He's Newt. He's yes, Newt? Yes. He's a okay. rapper. But I, and I don't consider any of the time that he was on fire to be him being in the movie. I'll just throw that out. Like sure. I, That may have actually been him. I did read, though, those weren't effects. If you're wondering why Machine Gun Kelly was in the movie, he's able to do that. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, no, he's able to, he's able to spit fire. <laughs> Never mind. That's, okay. that's going to work. I, I was trying to figure out how that could be true, what you were saying, and didn't realize that that's n- not possible at all. Um, uh, I was like, yeah, it's practical, right? They could do it. Pre- no. Um, no, <laughs> yeah. I, so he's in the movie, but he's, is he, is he bigger behind this movie? Is there something that makes him a bigger deal than the short amount of time we have him on screen? Uh, you know, I know nothing about him really personally, except that I did see him in another Netflix movie a year or two ago, which was The Dirt, the movie about Motley Crue, where, where he played too. Tommy Lee. Yeah. And in that movie, I thought he did a really decent job of channeling Tommy Lee, but then again, Tommy Lee is kind of trailer trash. And <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, right? 
shots yeah. fired for a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think it's interesting that he's getting so much press about doing this. And then he was in um, uh, the Joost and Shulman's other movies as well. So it seems like a weird collaboration to call out as part of Project Power when it was such a small part of what Project Power is. He brings, he probably has a big fan base and he brings certain viewers, yeah. younger viewers that wouldn't want to see it otherwise. Yeah, the sure. other movies that, that, that he's been on with them is um, Nerve and Viral. Yeah, that Nerve was really slick yeah, too. I Maybe I just that. like these guys' aesthetic. Well, so what yeah. is Nerve? Can you talk about that a little bit? Nerve is pretty much this movie, but without pills. <laughs> it's, it's, it, envision, it envisions a alternate, not an alternate, it's just like oh, 20 minutes into the future where you get a, uh, a dare on something kind of like Facebook and you can get a bunch of money if you do something and the dares get more and more and more dangerous. And then Dave Franco is in it, so it's perfect. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And these guys did Catfish, you said? Yes, they did. The documentary? That's what they start. Yes, yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. And Machine Gun Kelly was in that as well. I saw that they also did Paranormal Activity 3 and 4. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when I saw that, I thought to myself, it's interesting because this movie had a lot of interesting shots. And when you think about those movies, you know, there are a lot of interesting camera angles and first person POV shots and things of that nature. Like one shot in this movie, I don't know if you guys remember, but it really stood out to me as being... I don't know if I liked it or not. It was just really interesting. I'd never seen it before. Was uh, I think it was during the fight in the room where the girl was turning into a block of ice and the underground bar. Right, yep. right, right. And there's that one shot where Jamie Foxx is holding out a gun and the camera is like at the end of the gun looking back at Jamie. And as he's moving, it's staying on the gun does that make sense yes. or am i sounding mm-hmm. like a complete moron yeah. that entire scene from a camera perspective is pretty fantastic yes i have to admit it's super innovative I, and i wanted to talk about that we should actually jump ahead in in the rundown here and talk about the the camera because uh the michael simmons the dp on this it, he's also no he's worked with those directors a bunch he did he was on nerve tommy so that's the other piece there he also uh did the most the the recent halloween movie so he has some of this sort of horror elements to what he does too um it, i i think uh, i was really happy with that scene especially the whole mm-hmm. sequence where we're inside the frozen cell with her when and we're the entire in Arendelle with elsa <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly let it go come on no uh and yeah so but and then you but we're watching the fight from within yes the cell and things are slamming up against the cell with her there. Um, and it continues, right? I mean, it's, it's continuous as it goes. So we have the effect of her slowly freezing to death in front of us as we witness all of the sort of chaos that's happening outside this frozen cell. And I thought it was super innovative and super interesting. I'd never seen anything like that before. And it's, and that's a risk. I mean, the sound editing in that sequence too, where like you hear them, the, everything's muffled on the outside and then they're slamming up the cell. They put the audience in the cell with her. And I don't know that that's a, yeah. a, a creative choice that makes sense. It's a, it, but it's a fun choice that's innovative and a neat way to shoot a movie. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Well, good. I, I think it's smart and also a potentially a cost saver. What do you if mean? We're talking about this going for sure. Netflix yeah. to, because instead of all of the coverage yeah, yeah. that you would need to do to show, and then whenever they didn't, if they were moving around or something, she's constantly clouding parts of the view. CGI is so much 
less expensive, mm. that kind of cheapish, less, you know, if it's just like a clouding right. effect versus having to cover what seems to be the fight of the movie. It, yeah, it really is. There's so many people right. in there. And then also it's just the way of doing something new. You remember that you wouldn't remember if that fight was still going on. Yeah in a real movie. So it's just a clever way of yeah. doing it. I think it was too. Practicality. I hadn't thought about that it would save money for it. It reminded me too of um, from Zombieland 2. If, if, if you guys had seen right. that, there's this long sequence inside the Elvis Hotel where they do it all as one shot and they're just rotating around. Oh, right. stuff. It reminded me of the chaos of that. It, I... I really liked Zombieland 2 much more than anyone else on the film board, but um, but because of stuff like that. So that actually brought this movie up right. to me. It, you know, we we talk about the work that the DP did here with these kind of creative leaps, and then also, of course, all the aerial stuff, which I love. That stuff made me feel yeah. better about this movie and why I would rate it higher than something like Guns Akimbo, you know, for my for my liking there. Copy. Um, the script, the script written by a person named Matson Tomlin. Are you guys familiar mm-hmm. with this person? A little so bit. Matson, no. what I found out about Matson is that um, he ha- had done uh, Project Power, and now he is the writer behind the Batman, the Robert Pattinson Batman that's coming out. Oh, which and he kept it a secret for a while, and all this stuff. And he was, he's like thirty-one years old, so he's this uh, young guy who's doing these kinds of movies. And I, th- when I read that, I thought more about this movie and how I didn't like the movie, and I and it totally jibes with how I feel about. DC movies. Like mm. it's dark and colorful and kind of thin story-wise. Like this feels like <laughs> a DC movie to me. Sure. Like you could actually have this as a DC comic and be like, oh yeah, it's a it's it's totally an adaptation of that. So maybe, I mean, Matson Tomlin might be a perfect fit for the Batman. Is it really <laughs> called Batman. The Batman or are you it is the new one? The new yeah. one's being called The Batman, which I think is so crazy because we've had what? We've had we've had Batman, that was the original one, and then we had the Dark Knight. So now they're gonna reboot it again. Oh wait. But which one what was Ben Affleck's first one movie that he came he came out in Bat Batman V Superman BVS Doge. Yeah. So um <laughs> So that one doesn't count as a bad title, but so <laughs> we both have moms. That's the right. you're totally right. Um, but the whole thing yep. about the new one, I guess, what else would they call it? Right? It has to be the Batman yep. now. <laughs> it's like my mom's best friend used to say, "I like watching Steinfeld. He's funny." The Steinfeld. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. I don't shout out to Barbara. All right. There you go. I love it. Uh, we've talked a bit about the cast. I thought I thought uh, Jamie Fox. I like Jamie Fox in most things he does. Uh, I I it was a neither here nor there role for me though. I mean, this was kind of just Jamie Fox being Jamie Fox. I liked how strong they let him go, leaning into the dark side with Dominique Fishback, who I thought Dominique Fishback was. She was remarkable. Great. I think she's so she's such a star. So watchable. And Jamie Foxx, I mean, it's really upsetting. Their first scenes together, they really push in the him slamming her in the car yeah. over and over again. I mean, he is such a man on a mission. And then to see him turn and melt at times, I thought it played to everyone's strengths incredibly. Yeah, he was well cast for that. I agree um, with that 100%. Yeah. yeah. And no one more so than MG Kelly. But that's just, <laughs> <laughs> I know him as MG. Uh, no, I thought, I thought. Jamie Jones, I mean, 
there's a really good potential that A, <laughs> as I've been listening to you guys talk, my rating is, of course, going down and down. And my work and here I'm wondering is done. I, <laughs> I'm wondering if this is, it'll be like Paul Haggis's crash when I was like, that movie was great. And then I watched it later and I went, oh no, <laughs> what happened? This movie is terrible. This might be one of those. But if it's skated by, one of the hugest things that would have skated by for me was the charismaticness of Jamie Joseph and Dominique. Yeah. I thought just they were yeah, so so great. So well, I great. agree hundred percent on Dominique Fishback. I thought she was kind of perfect for her role throughout. She played yeah. she played tough, she played brooding, she played talented, she played um she played self-conscious, charming, charming all these things. Yep. Um, you really liked her as the hero throughout the movie. And I thought that was really special. And I thought I thought she delivered the raps really well. Like that's super, they made that a central part of her character, right? So we expect that. Yeah. But it, that's not a normal thing to have done well. She nailed that. And I was super impressed. Yeah. Every time someone said that she was really good, I believed them, which I was really psyched about. Yeah. And she was dressed as Theo Huxtable throughout the entire film <laughs> and pulled it off with a plum. Right. That's, that's just big ups to Nola. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I agree. The, the costuming there was a little strange. Uh, just Joe, uh, JGL, I thought was, was good. He, he, he was gruff. I, you know, I'm, I, I don't dislike him in many things, uh, but I didn't think he brought, like, Tommy, you thought he was charismatic. I didn't, I wasn't super impressed. Jiggles is great. I always like him it, yeah, until yeah. last night when I watched this movie. Oh, that's I, but I think no. he's a, an extraordinarily talented person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have a big issue with like, I'm going to come out with my thick New Orleans accent. Then I'm going to leave it. Then I'm going to come go. back to it when it's convenient. Yeah. I That drives me bananas. Do it. Don't do it. I don't, <laughs> right. okay, I don't care yeah, either see, way. I have, I, have, I have no ear for that. So that's definitely Ooh, your camp. But, yeah. but he also just... Um, it was a nothing role. It I was. don't know. Like there was nothing. A rogue cop. We didn't know anything about him. No, had no I, had no was, story other than how he related to Robin. Yes, and that is the tropiest trope. I think is <laughs> his tropeness. I like tropiest. One thing I want to say about his role, though. One thing that I really liked was how he kept calling back to practicing his Eastwood. And okay. I really liked the scene was uh, whenever they're trying to get on the boat near the end and he goes up to the security guard yeah. at the fence and he's trying to do his Eastwood and he's got uh, Robin in his ear and <laughs> she's like telling him, oh, that was awesome. And when it, just the banter back and forth between the two, I lost it. I thought that was hilarious. Nice. nice. Yeah. The scene that I really yeah. liked for him. Charming. I, I felt like he was somewhat watered down as a character too but the scene where he sneaks in through the window takes off his clothes and pretends to be the mom's boyfriend i thought was <laughs> really great that was it, great it's not logical it doesn't actually work like what he was attempting to it. do to get these people out of the house there's no reason why they would leave that there's literally nothing consistent with the story there but as a story point it was fun to watch him relate to Robin's mom after he has the relationship with Robin already. So it was kind of cool to see them play off that way. Um, and so that I liked of him, but otherwise the character I thought was kind of worthless. So. Yeah. I think what I'm, what I'm learning is I like Jamie Foxx and Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. at the end. <laughs> Cause you're like, his character didn't have much to him. And I'm like, yeah, but what about that hop? Nope. <laughs> there was nothing. There was nothing. He had a motorbike. No, he gave that away. All right. Well, yeah. and yeah. you know, we, we talked about uh, 
all of these characters don't really have a whole lot of room to grow. We, th- there was a lot for Robin, right? But everybody else is kind of yeah. yes. straightforward. Machine Gun Kelly, we said, was on screen for, well, I said three minutes. How about Courtney B. Vance? How much screen time did he get? <laughs> well, something must have been cut. His big scene must have been cut. How does, yeah, how do you have him in the movie and he's what? When I Ernie mean, Hudson's available, why would you have Courtney B. Vance in that role? <laughs> Well, I like Courtney B. Vance in the role, but but there's nothing for him there. Nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's there and then he was gone. Um, so it, it, w- one thing that I wanted to bring up also about the cast here, uh, the final song as the credits are rolling is a rap with uh, Dominique Fishback and Chica. And Chica is, right. Chica plays her buddy in school. Oh, she's sort great. of like pushing her to rap. I don't know who Chica is, but. So Chica, it, if, and I'm, Definitely, if you like rap in any way, and especially if you like like 90s hip-hop, right? The 80s and 90s hip-hop, when it was about flow, not necessarily about the mumble rap that's on today. Chica has a Tiny Desk concert on NPR yeah. that is stellar. Oh. Like, it blew my mind. I am a huge fan of what she's doing because she has flow, and she's amazing. It's intense, and it's very, I mean, it's, it's hardcore rap, but she's super solid. And I was super excited. I didn't recognize her. I didn't recognize her in this role. But then, of course, then they pull the rap at the end. And as my um, subtitles are coming up, it says, here's the song with Dominique Fishback and Chica. And I was like, oh, you know, I lost, lost her. Right. Like, That's my girl. So, so did Dominique Fishback do her shit. own, like, who was doing the rap at the end? I, it, it's the two of them. It's the two of them. It was oh, the two, it's the two, two of them. And, then, and it said in the um, trailer that she wrote, did you already say this? No. That she wrote right. the raps for Dominique Fishback. Mm-hmm. She wrote the lyrics she could for... I saw yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Right. That's awesome. And that, that, that makes yeah. a ton of sense to me. Um, I think uh, I, I'm super impressed by what she does in the music world, so I'm really glad that she came in, in this movie where they made the rap a central point of what's happening. Right? Yep. I thought it was great. Um, also involved with this, it, it was number one. You know how Netflix gives these little rankings that come up, yeah, to themselves. Well, so yeah, weird. and we've—I think we've talked about this before on the show. How like it's—it's it's subjective. They release no right? numbers. There's, there's yeah. no numbers, and we don't know if it's regional. We don't know how it's coming up or when these things are. But it showed up as number one for me when I watched it. Did it? Did, did you guys see numbers with what you saw? Mine was, it wasn't at number one, top 10. Uh, Umbrella, Acad- Umbrella Academy was, but yeah, gotcha, top 10. Gotcha. Yeah. No other ratings. I, the, the thing that makes me nervous about that, I'm happy that it showed up as number one, but I'm not hearing anyone talking about this movie as of yet. We are the first. Uh, yeah, no, that's exactly right. I talked to three different people today, just happened to say it was a friend of the show, Darnell. Mm-hmm. A uh, friend of the show, Johnny Jackaloni, and friend of the show, someone else who will remain nameless, <laughs> and that, that we were do that we were recording this tonight, and they're like, "Oh, when does it come out?" And I was like, "We're recording it tonight, you idiots!" They weren't listening to me, but uh, no, the fact is that there's not a lot of buzz nor release yeah. about this. It's almost like Netflix knows what they have, and I'm the only one that does it. <laughs> well, I'm such a super yeah, fan, and you know, no longer friends of the show after you called them all idiots. But um, yeah, I. I Good think, point. Uh, <laughs> I I really hope that you know throwing this out there gets more people to watch it because I don't I, I want to have this conversation with more people about this movie because because yeah. of the innovative stuff that we talked about and that the things that are interesting here I think some people will find things to like and it's the perfect kind of movie it's the perfect kind of streaming movie that like you stumble into and you're like oh 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 but that's cool right I mean like that's that's generally my sure. feeling about what happened in this movie for me I think it's starting to pick up some some steam because uh whenever i watched it earlier today 
I did see it as number one. I've also been seeing more posts about it on Facebook. And I also noticed that on Letterboxd, it's one of the top movies that people are watching right now. Watching. On Letterboxd. Not That's interesting. Ranking yeah. highly, but just watching. Sure. So if, if nobody else has anything to say about this, closing it down, why don't we rank it? We're ranking in the 21st century. The next real conversation. It's JJ, Tommy, Ray, and Mandy. That's our convocation. Jamie Foxx and Jiggles have you cause for celebration. We'll see it when we rank it in this cross-examination. No film board should have all this power. <laughs> That's right. Wow. Booyah. Nice. I love it. Now, can I give you another word to do? <laughs> oh, that's totally appropriate. Oh, that is true. When he said seismograph, I laughed out loud. I thought that was really <laughs> funny. We've got all the movies we've talked about on this show ranked over at flickchart.com slash TNR film board. Flickchart is a really cool site where you can create a tournament style stack ranking of your movie preferences. So check it out and find out how your film favorites fare against ours. Okay, so I have the keys to the castle tonight. We are in Flickchart, and our first battle is Project Power versus Kingsman the Golden Circle. That's Kingsman number two. I'm going to still say mm. Kingsman number two. Kingsman number two. Abstain. Haven't Abstain. seen it. Abstain. Oh, awesome. Cool. Okay, next right. one on the thing is Project Power versus The Hobbit, An Unexpected Journey. <laughs> project power you're saying project power okay okay ray of course i am have you yes. met me abstain uh, I mean, oh you haven't seen the hobbit i love it <laughs> i love that you haven't seen it because that whole series is a nightmare. yeah we don't love the movie uh, ray hobbit for me hobbit for you so it comes down to me on this i'm gonna pick hobbit tommy i just uh, Oof. Hobbit, i get tommy. where you're going with that but okay <laughs> okay Battery's so not included hobbit tommy <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, Project Power versus The Predator, the most recent one that came out with Olivia Lund and um Project Power. Okay. Ray? Haven't seen it okay. yet. Okay. Mandy? Abstain. Great. Well, so we're gonna have a tie. I wanna say the Predator. I didn't like the Predator either. The Predator was very bad. Yes. And Project Power was the best movie so far of the decade. <laughs> no. No, I, uh, but Project Power had interesting things in it. I, and I love the people in the Predator are great too, but I just, I'm going to say Project Power too. And because I hate paper, rock, scissors. Here's a secret to you guys. Mm. I always like to vote mm. on things. Anyway, okay, well, this is a fun one. Okay. So you love Project Power. That's so great said to know. Project Power. Right. Here's the next one Project Power versus The Circle. <laughs> the Circle. <laughs> uh, Project Does, Power. Do you guys know which one The Circle is? Did you see I read the it? I didn't you see read it. it. I think you should rank it against what you read. I read it too. Wait, is that Dave Eggers? Yeah. No. Ah, yep. Love me some Dave Eggers, but I did not like the movie. I, uh, oh, you said Project Power, Tommy? Mm -hmm. Ray, what did you say? Abstain. Mandy hasn't seen the movie. Mandy, did you like The Circle, the movie, better than Project Power, the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um, I the don't know how it. to answer the book. The book. I, I did. It felt... <laughs> Longer watching Project Power than it did reading a 400-page book. See and, uh, <laughs> see, and I actually kind of liked The Circle, even though we all generally hated it. I am going to say The Circle to this. So Tommy and I have to do paper, rock, scissors, rock, paper, scissors. So Maddie, can, yeah. can you ready. count us down? I sure can. Three, two, one. Paper. paper. Rock. Paper. I Tommy win. Wins. Project Power is the best movie ever made. <laughs> is that the, okay. That's the stakes, right? That is. That's totally the stakes. Okay. Project Power versus Alien Covenant. <laughs> I've Oof. seen it. 
I don't really remember. Is Tommy? Is this what we watch? Did we watch Alien Covenant on our like movie marathon? Yeah, I'm going. That's the one that's I'm after gonna pick Prometheus, Aliens, yeah. right? Alien Covenant. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> Project Ray? Power. Oh, right. I, I'm not. I'm not conflicted. I'm the one Ray, that likes Ray? Project. I, I, I got to go. Project Power. That oh. Alien Covenant was hot garbage, man. Oh, Mandy, are you going to abstain? Abstain. Oh my gosh, Project Power is the best movie of the decade. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Project Power versus Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Project Power. <laughs> we are in. I'm so I'm so uh, excited. I am, I am picking BVS Doge. I, I have I almost never pick BVS oh Doge, but I'm gonna pick it for this one. Ray. Project Power. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, Mandy, what do you say? Abstain. The, you don't watch these kind of movies. We're gonna have to I change told you. Oh, this one, it's not going to get any better. Okay, so Project Power is climbing the charts. This is Project Power versus Insurgent, which is from the Divergent series. Oh, uh, which one is Insurgent is the second one. It's actually the first film board I ever participated on. Um, and I am going to say Insurgent. Project Power? <laughs> Abstain. Abstain. Okay, Ray, Ray, count oh! us down on this one. Three, two, one scissors scissors, scissors. oh <laughs> you won this one do you just say the same thing every time okay wait, wait so this is where it comes in <laughs> so it comes in at number 74 on our flick chart out of 95 that's a lot right. better than that me too well you won some <laughs> interesting battles there it's between insurgent and batman versus superman uh, you know, the uh, Dawn of Justice in DC movie. That I don't I'll like. take that. How we should rank it now. This is where we give our letterbox rankings, Mandy. And this is one out of five and 0.5s count. Um, it, it says, based on us saying 74 out of 95, we should give it one star. Which I did. Uh, I did okay, on, great. I did it on Coda. Okay. I see that. I love that. Yep. So Mandy gives it one. I gave it two. Somebody decided to switch mine up to five. That's not correct. <laughs> um, I did. I gave it a two. <laughs> and so, uh, and it's two and a not like for me. Mandy, I'm assuming your one star is a not like as well. Correct. Great. Okay. Tommy, Ray, what, where, how did you feel about rankings wise on this? Mr. Ray? Well, uh, this fell at 50% even on my flick chart. So I should rank it two and a half, but I'm giving it three and a like. Wow. Okay. Okay, Tommy. 3.5 and a like. Enjoy that's, it while okay. it lasts. Yeah, that's really interesting that you're still holding strong at 3.5, even after our conversation. And you said it was going down a little bit, I think. Because I have to watch it again. And I think that that's the thing. I, you know, I'm a huge proponent of rewatching. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, see? And a lot of times I'm like, oh, no. I mean, maybe it really just, this was a great day to stay inside with my dog cuddled on my lap and watch something that I thought would be hot garbage and it turned out to just be nice lukewarm <laughs> garbage. I'm not sure. Well, a 3.5 is pretty awesome. So I'm glad that you get that. Uh, they gave it that. So yeah. uh, where do we, oh, and then I would say average between all of our actually really scattered rankings here, which I think is pretty fun. It, it, the average puts us at 3.125, which is actually super high. Wait, with you higher. giving it five, JJ. I did not give it five. No, I oh, put it, I we put switched it back, it back down. down and still it's, Oh, yeah. no, it is. Oh, I hadn't recalculated. You're right, Mandy. It is now 2.375, which is at least My on apologies. the opposite side of half, but still nowhere close to where we ranked it at one on Flickchart. <laughs> what, what, where do we go from here? So next month, I'm thinking of ending things. Um, this is it. 
This is the oh, no, no. I, it's that's the name of the movie that's coming out next month, first week of September. It's a new Charlie Kaufman movie, and I am excited to do this with the film board. We the the next reel has done a Charlie Kaufman series. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is one of my favorite movies of all time, definitely in my top five. Um, this is I'm so excited that a movie is coming out streaming that I want to see. <laughs> this has been so mm. hard without being able to see movies that we like. Um, it's almost like Project right, Power too. Right. So um, yeah, so we'll be doing that the first week of uh, September, and then on the main show right now, it's doing its series of foreign films that were nominated for the Oscar for Best Picture. So definitely check that out. There's about uh, I think seven or eight of them total, uh, and and super interesting uh, fodder when you're talking about all the different uh, shows and what they mean in the landscape of, of of film in general and how foreign films have really kind of uh, made it past uh, what uh, until Parasite. Uh, was really sort of a ceiling for them and how they could perform in, in this country. So mm. the TNR, the main, the main show is doing that weekly right now. So check that out. I also, I talked about it some in the show open, but if you're still listening now, I want to remind you to come join us over on discord at the Let us know. You want to hang out on our server to become an honorary member of our fun film family. That's not a cult Mandy Kaplan and discuss <laughs> all the remarkable things from throughout the entertainment universe. The whole process is super chill. And our Discord is a great way to discover new content ideas to fill your screen schedule in quarantine. So come connect, because that's where we'll keep the conversation going. Special thanks to our fantastic new voice tonight, Mandy Kaplan. We love you. Thank you. Yay! See you again real soon. Project and, uh, power. <laughs> that is totally the right stinger. Good yeah. night, Ray Delancey. See you, power pals. And hugs and kisses to the one and only Tommy Hansen. Bye, friends. This was a great time. Thank you. At the next reel, when the movie ends, our conversation begins. Till next. Champagne's on us! Okay, goodbye. Here on the film board, we have covered quite a variety of great page-to-screen adaptations over the years, from superheroes like Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight Rises, based on stories like Nightfall and The Dark Knight Returns, to horror and sci-fi like Max Brooks's World War Z and Hiroshi Sakazuraka's All You Need Is Kill, which became one of our favorites, Edge of Tomorrow, with Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. And who could forget Andy Weir's stranded astronaut adventure, The Martian, or Dave Eggers' tech thriller, The Circle? Supposedly so much better than the movie. We've also explored Stephen King epics like The Dark Tower and It, biopics like Damien Chazelle's First Man, and sweeping sagas like Denis Villeneuve's take on Frank Herbert's Dune. And don't forget Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon, based on David Grant's nonfiction book about the 1920s murders of the Osage Nation. I just finished the book, and it's fantastic. It's always fascinating to look at the source material, and we often do as the book lovers we are. For those of you out there who love to do the same, head to thenextreel.com slash originals to find all of our past episodes and dive deeper into these adapted stories. And it's not just stories. We've included things like the video games Uncharted and Detective Pikachu. That's right. TheNextReel.com slash originals is your one-stop shop for in-depth looks at the sources for cinematic adaptations that we have discussed. Every purchase you make supports the film board and The Next Reel's family of shows. So what are you waiting for? Head to TheNextReel.com slash originals and get your next read today. Mm-hmm.